And that does it for Toronto FC and CONCACAF 2021, but that's okay. You were listening to a special match recap of the Red Patch Boys podcast. My name's Ben McClellan. Alongside me, as always, is Cameron Miller. Uh, Toronto FC falls 1-0 to Cruz Azul tonight in the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal, uh, ending their uh, CONCACAF Champions League aspirations for this year. Um, overall, like, really, it wasn't a bad performance, I don't think. Um you know, obviously just disappointed that, that this run comes to an end, but it is what it is. Uh, Cam, what were your thoughts? It's a tough game to watch, especially after conceding the goal. Um, you know, you got to feel for TFC. Um, Brian Angulo just was on fire against us. He couldn't miss, you know, that first goal in the first leg, this goal now here, you know, the ball was just coming off his foot so well. And as soon as that goal went in, all the wind in our sails went flat. I think the body language changed the way we play changed. And, you know, that's been pretty consistent um, at the 30 minute mark for most of these games early in the season. Um, So tough pill to swallow. But, uh, you know, TFC fought hard against a very difficult route to the Champions League final. So tough one to look at. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we we had a couple chances there early on before that wonderful strike from Angulo on the chip. A couple chances that were that were ruled offside. Deleon scored, but it was offside and a good offside call at that. Um, you know, but outside of that, it, it was really a, a an uneventful match. I thought um, it was nice to see Chris Mavinga back there, and I think that definitely made a difference in terms of our uh, defensive quality and and assurance in the back. And uh, made a terrific recovery tackle early on. Um, but let's let's talk about that goal before we kind of go um around the entire team's performance tonight um you know what i i look back at it now and at first that i was kind of really thought it was on bono um i'm looking at it now and it's really hard to place blame on anybody i think um what do you what's how do you see it as soon as it went in you know you're just you're just disappointed um considering how well we started the match and you know, getting that goal called offside, which it very much was offside. I think also should have, you know, or Delgado, I forget who actually passed it, just took a second or two too long for um, Delion to run onto it. So really tough pill to swallow there. But to, to, to lay blame on anyone, you know, Morrow's got to get a better header on that ball. It begins with the first defender. If I'm going to put any blame on anyone, and I, I think Morrow did have a really good game, it, it was there you know, you can't let these types of balls fall into an attacking position like that because off of his head, he, he you know, plays both Mavinga and Gonzalez out of defending Aguilar, uh, or uh, Angulo, sorry, uh, Angulo. Um, Bono's asleep. You know, he's, 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 he's caught off guard. Goal kick to a volley in the back of your net. <laughs> I know it's, it's hard to put blame on him, but 
you know, these are these margins of error at the top level of football. You've got to be in a position to react to something like that. And he was a fingertip away from pushing that over the bar. That just means, you know, if he was in a better starting position, he would have saved it. Um, but it is difficult to put the blame on his shoulders. In a game, I thought he played quite well. He was quite composed and he kept his head, especially after conceding a goal like that. So, um, you know, you don't want to put blame on anyone, but Morrow's got to do a better job of clearing that ball and not playing it forward into his own defensive half. Yeah, certainly a few things you can maybe point at uh, as to what went into that goal there for sure. Um, and, and you're right, definitely. I think it was good to see Bono not be deflated from that goal. Uh, personally, didn't affect his performance really or, or make any mistakes onward from that. But you could certainly tell the, the rest of the team was a bit deflated following that goal. Uh, rightly so, right? Something like that happens in a game where you're trying to climb a very big mountain uh, to get back into it. It's, uh, it's very deflating. Um, so we'll talk about the team tonight and we'll do what we usually do. We'll start from the back. Um, you know, we, we touched on Bono a bit, but we'll go a bit deeper in it. I thought he was good outside of the goal. And again, it's not like you can, you can solely place the blame on him for that goal. Like a lot of the goals, uh, this year, right? Like we have conceded a lot of goals. Um, none are really scream Bono's fault by any means. Uh, we could touch on that later. Um, the back line. Chris Mavinga looked great, I thought, especially considering it's his first action back. Um, Gonzalez didn't really do anything to, you know, warrant much criticism tonight. They were our back line was very unnoticeable, I think, other than other than that chip. Uh, yeah, I, I think Bono. Uh, we're gonna criticize Bono because in our mindset, and I, I think a lot of. Um, fans will agree with me is he was not our starting goalie you know he's been a phenomenal player for us but he's still very young and he has all the opportunity to continue to grow and and you know take control of this position which I think Chris Iris has given him um we, you know, we all expect Westbrook to be there for for his composure his experience being you know his mid-30s um but I don't fault him for 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 this loss at, at all um we were outplayed we had moments where we could have scored, moments where we should have put them on their back foot and really made them second guess, you know, what type of team we were. But seven shots on target and conceding that one goal off a of volley, Bono made some great saves. So I'm going to give Bono a good rating here and say, you know, he, he continues to be serviceable, um, but there's something going wrong in, in, in the defensive shape and defensive organization of the team from top to bottom. So this is not a goalie's fault. This has got to be an organization fault. So whether we, we put that on Armis or not, defense looked a heck of a lot better today, though. I think Mavinga helped Gonzalez look a lot better. Hell, Gonzalez had an offensive run in the, you know, the 87th minute or something, right? A little desperation, but for him to have the ability to go forward and do that, you know, he, he approached the game in a very different manner here. So as much as I've been really critical of, of, of Gonzalez and he didn't start the game very well, he certainly grew into it. And I think he did it so much better in the air that the ball didn't fall very much in, into dangerous areas. Um, we certainly woke up after the first 15 where, you know, Bradley got beat again. 
you know, they, they looked a bit disorganized and they grew into themselves. So I've been saying this every single podcast. It's early days. You know, we're getting further and further into the season. Now we've lost a tournament. So I can't keep saying that, but they're getting reorganized. They're getting have to figure out how to work with one another again. So uh, I think Mavinga and Gonzalez are a very good pairing for now until they do something wrong and we can criticize them. But with Kahneman coming in, you know, it gives us options there. I think that's our best center backing pairing right now. Um, and Moro did a great job stepping in. I think Moro did great coming in after Mavinga came off at halftime. Um, unsure if that was uh, fitness because it was his first game back. I assume it was. Uh, especially playing at elevation. Um, but uh, I, I think that was a, a much more promising look and feel. Um, Moro being replaced on the wing by Oro Jr. Oro Jr., I think, continues to be our most consistent left back. Um, he, he looks good when he's fresh. He plays well. He, he pushes the ball forward and gets stuck in. So um, very tidy. Job well done by by him. Uh, Loreo looked tired, fatigued. He, his passes were strayed. He had that stray elbow for the yellow in the first half. Lorea had probably one of his worst games for us in a long time tonight. That's, that's, I, I want to point out that I thought he was just atrocious going forward. So many loose passes. Uh, surprising to see. I don't know if it was, you know, lack of sharpness, having, you know, sat out the last game, um, or whether it's this <laughs> ongoing conversation on social media about the COVID vaccine. Right. A lot of players, including we think Josie wasn't playing because of the um, after effects of being vaccinated, uh, just feeling run down still. So that could very much be a point. But uh, Lorea was definitely, um, you know, going forward, at least a detriment to the team. Yeah. Yeah. And at least it's it's in a match where in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't mean much in, in the outcome and and anything going forward for that matter. So I guess if there was any time for him to have, have a howler, it was probably tonight. Uh, Defensively, but, he was good though, right? Like yeah. that's, that's just the yeah. level of standard I've come to hold um, Richie to. Yeah. I, I just expect right. him to be really good going forward. And we really, really needed his, his attacking prowess today and we didn't get it. And that's the heartbreak for me. Yeah, no, I, I certainly think you're right there. Um, and, and I think you hit it on the head, uh, across the entire back line. Um, Morrow really wasn't that bad other than, you know, maybe the mishap with the, uh, following the goal kick from Bono, which eventually led to the chip, but really not a bad performance from him. Aro gave the team a bit of energy, um, as much energy as there was in this match. There wasn't a whole lot of it from either side. Um, center backs looked good. You mentioned Kahneman coming in. We hope Kahneman's coming in. Um, but the the signing of Kamar Lawrence, which we'll get to later. Uh, Sorry, you're so late. It's too late. Uh, I blame the, it's 1230 in the morning. Apologies. You're right. Kamar ta- Taxi Lawrence, not Kahneman. Sorry. There's my one for the, the episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, something tells me at this time of the night, there's going to be a few of them. Um, but yeah, that, that should certainly help sure things up. And from what it sounds like, they want to maybe try and give them a go at center back. Um, even if the, if it doesn't work at center back, I think having that type of depth to play fullback, um, and then obviously the rumors surrounding a possible transfer for 
Richie Larea to clubs such as Besiktas are, are still circling. So, you know, maybe good to sure up that spot now. Uh, moving up to the midfield, again, nothing really stood out or popped to me, um, but nothing that's both a positive and a negative, right? Nothing that was there that I thought was bad, and there was nothing that I thought was excellent. Um, Is the midfield you're talking about, Ben? The midfield, just the midfield in general. Oh, baby, I got, I got, I got feedback. Let's hear it. That's why you're here. Um, Delgado and Bradley go about their business pretty quietly. Again, Bradley's, you know, had phases at the beginning of the game there where I severely questioned his ability to head a ball or defend any aerial threat. But again, he grew into the game. That's his, I think, best ability is he's very adaptable. And I think he knows his opponents quite well. And he's a leader in that sense. And Delgado does a great job of mirroring him. And, and, and does get stuck in. So quietly, Mark uh, continues to to do his job. You know, the few moments here and there, there was some great link-up play. Bradley had some quick feet uh, at times when he's, you know, cornered and he can play himself out of, of, of danger quite well. Um, but again, so many passes just to no one into these gaps. And, you know, it raises the question of, you know, is Akinola not getting there? Is Delion or Schaffenberg not making these runs and their replacements later into the match? Because, you know, Mark and, and Michael, you ran a lot. They did a lot of work there. And so, again, playing at a game at elevation, at what point do you, you point the finger at the, the person? Is it the passer or is it the receiver? Um, but I think both of them went about their business well. Just that, that organization going forward and even defending now continues to raise concerns for me. Let's say Armistice system is taking a while to settle in, but this is not a new team. They all know each other. They should not have these miscues as much as they're having. Hell, they ran into each other in the first two minutes of the game. Yeah, that's, like, that, that's just not good enough from a team that, you know, came what second in points last year in terms of like their division. Like this team isn't bad. They're just disorganized. And so when we look at Schaffelberg, he is a dynamo going forward. He's a bullet. He was beating Rivero on the wing uh, so many times. And Gulo was, was very good at times defending him. But Schaffelberg, you know, listen to these, you know, at times I think uh, misled American announcers in terms of how they uh, apply their game analysis. But he has no end product. What, what is he being told to do? Because he, he's not laying a good ball off tomorrow doing an overlapping run on a wide open wing, which he apologizes for, which is good to see. But he he gets in such good positions, and he's, it's this weird ball that he's just lobbing across the goal, and it's not seeing anyone. So, you know, we've seen a huge improvement from Schaffelberg this season. He just needs to get the, the coaching and direction on what is that final ball. What does he do with it once he gets there? Because he was such a good asset down that left wing that when he came off and um, Mullins came on, even Mullins had, you know, one moment there where he took a guy on. He has no idea what to do with the ball when he gets there. So I think it's the lack of the system coming into play there that Armist needs to iron out and he needs to iron out quickly. Osorio faded for me after the first 30 minutes. He got switched out accordingly. Um, you know, had some moments there. He should have headed the ball into the ground on that cross, but good defending from Cruz Azule defended well all, all, you know, 
series. So, you know, tough to see that happen, but, uh, you know, he definitely faded quickly, probably fitness there. Uh, Delion, I think, had a fantastic game. That's the Delion we want to see. Come in, gritty, utility player, scored a great goal. You know, that the ball from Mosul was just, I think, a shade too slow. Um, came off and, and was placed by Endo, who, who brought in some energy. But Endo, again, no end product. You know, a decent shot that got blocked top of the box near the end of the game. Looked a little lost when the ball went wide to get the ball back into a dangerous area. And, and so that I think that whole middle there just doesn't know what to do with the ball. Very few times did we have a structured play of here's how we go forward. Here's how we deliver a ball into the box. Here's how we generate a good chance. Um, so for me, that was a big struggle that I'd love to see the organization improve immensely in the midfield. Yeah, it seemed like really early on in this match, you just had everybody was just trying to thread a through ball up ahead the pitch, almost like I was playing FIFA. It, that's yeah. that's really what it seemed like, just hitting through balls all the way up the pitch and hoping, you know, you can maybe catch a defender off guard or, or Akinola can maybe beat him to it. And it worked maybe once or twice. I mean, we were offside two times and you know some of the balls weren't bad but you're right there it really didn't look like there was much organization there and you hope that something that can get ironed out when you have a guy like Bradley in your midfield who's who's been doing this for a very long time and has been playing with these guys for a long time now too right so so questions certainly need to be asked of how the guys are adapting to the system here early on and we do need to remember it's still very early in the season and it's obviously not ideal. A note that they made on the broadcast is this is Toronto FC's sixth game in a sixth different venue this year. Yeah. Uh, so that's certainly not something that many teams are going to have to deal with this year. Um, but no, you're, you're right. A lot of it just really looks kind of sloppy and unorganized and you mentioned with some of the younger guys that we have, and I mean, I'm, Mullins doesn't really fall into that category, but uh, it really doesn't look like they know what the end goal is or, or what they're supposed to do when, when they get put into certain spots. Cause as great as a guy like Jacob Schaffelberg has been sending balls into the box, it sometimes looks kind of like he has no idea what else he's supposed to do. And that's kind of his last resort. Uh, you said it with Endo. I mean, we haven't really seen enough of him this year to maybe make any fair judgment. Um, but tonight, yeah, you're right. Um, so there are a lot of questions that need to be asked. And again, it's 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 really kind of a throwaway game in a way because we had such a steep hill to climb. And we we did see um, Presto come on, and I don't think he had enough time to do anything. So let's let's leave him out of there. I think I would have liked to seen him come on. Um, sooner if, if he was going to come on but again uh, he, he's one of the match I think Preso is a great um, archetypal player in that midfield for us uh, but you know we, we've had what six games six different venues um, we've had this many games and no goals from our DPs and how many appearances from the DPs Three. have we had we had none in the lineup today yeah. so you know you look at someone like um Noble Akello coming on and this is a big boy to play against a, a smaller Mexican side and I don't know if it's because he's so tall that the air was thinner but he came out there and looked like he'd been running all day 
You're right. He was slow as molasses, meandered around the pitch. He had the best chance to score for us, and he was a day late on that ball. It took a deflection, but it took some speed off the ball. You're six foot five or something like that, six foot three. Throw your daddy long foot at that ball or throw your body at it, for goodness sake. That's the youth coming out in him. You know, he doesn't, I think, get the, the urgency of this. You know, you've got 60 seconds to make an impact on this game, and then that, the rest is, is gone. So, you know, he, he came on for me and just did nothing. But he, he got the ball in good possessions, gave it away. Moved into a position, got the ball, did nothing with it. And, again, that, that just lacks a daisical attempt at that ball just shows you that he, his mind wasn't in a Champions League semifinal second-leg game. Or yep. making it for the semifinals, I should say, not in the semifinals. But like, yeah. it's it's just it blows my mind that you don't have this this urgency in these players. But you, you, this is where the Pozuelos, the Zoltados, the Josie Altos are supposed to be to be the game changer for them, to teach them this is what it takes to win a game like this. And to yeah. not have any of those players there today was you just saw people trying to do everything they could to their ability, and it just not being enough at that time. So. Bit of a heartbreak there. You used the word urgency there, and I think that's really what we need to use to sum up this entire performance tonight was there just was a lack of urgency. Like, outside of the one or two decent chances we saw early on, there really wasn't anything that screamed like they were really trying to get back into this tie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, there was no... You know, sometimes when teams are behind, it's all out attack for 90 minutes. There just wasn't that. And I'm not saying it has to be all out attack for 90 minutes. It's just there. It really didn't seem like they were um, making their their best effort to to score three goals like we needed. And after the after we conceded, it, it all went out the window like it. There really just wasn't anything there that sparked any offensive excitement into into any fans ever watching or, or any of the players on the field and i think that it's kind of a sentiment of how things have gone so far this year um you know most goals we've scored in a match is two and i mean sometimes that's gonna be good enough to get you a win sometimes it's not and this year it hasn't been really um other than in one match and yeah and We'll talk about our, our lone attacker tonight. I don't know if I really want to go too much into Mullins' conversation, but I thought Akinola looked good, offered a lot more creativity than than Altidore did in the first leg and um, a couple nice runs, held up the ball really well, um, was patient, uh, looked to play guys when when necessary. Balls were good. I thought he was I thought he was decent. It was it was nice to see given you know, his first start of the season and only 25 minutes of action coming into this one. Uh, yeah. Akinola, I've been, I've been calling for Akinola for some time now. I, I think he did fantastic to play um, what? 80, 87 minutes, Give or take, 82 yeah. minutes, 82 mm-hmm. minutes. That's a long way to long game to play um, at altitude for your first sort of real heavy run. So kudos to him for a getting at the, getting on the end of a lot of these long balls. I think part of what Armas likes about Bono is Bono can kick a ball very far. He's kicking the ball well into the final third. And at this point, you need a striker who can be a target, bring that ball down and lay it off to your 
more diminutive players who are creative and, 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 and quick or, you know, a glancing header to a Schaffelberg, glancing header to, you know, a Deleon and, and we're in and cut it back in a goal. Like that's type of, you know, things we've seen in the past. So Akinola, I think, did well to get involved with some of these high balls. The, the Cruz's old defense are very well organized and they did very good. I think they were better tonight than they have been in the, in the first leg. Um, and, and he did well to create some chances, ran onto a couple of good balls, and he was really unlucky not to score. Um, Corona had a great save at the beginning of the first half. Um, you know, he, he, he worked really hard at times, but again, he looked isolated. He looked really far. He looked really far away from players, and you could see the ball get moved around him very easily. And you're trying to run back and forth to, to track them down, and he eventually looked heavy. He definitely looked heavy in a big body like that. You you, you need to be in peak physical shape to, to to maintain a game like that. And it's early days for these players' fitness levels uh, for match readiness, and that showed through in his performance there. And it's not a knock against him. I, I think he should have been more clinical in the first few chances he got, even though that first shot was offside, he also pulled it very wide. And you know, at this level, you got you got to get it on net. I, mean, I think we've said that, you know, a few games now. Same thing for Noble Akello. If you don't get it on net, you're never going to score, regardless of the goalkeeper's ability. And, and you know, it, it, you might get lucky. You might take a good reflection or a bounce. So, you know, he did well for me, but um, he, let's give him another runaround. Let's keep getting the balls into dangerous areas and see what he can do. But he definitely offered a heck of a lot more than, than Josie did. And, you know, fingers crossed he's not hurt <laughs> yeah. after this game, right? We want to make sure that these boys all come back healthy. And honestly, Mullins moved more today than I've seen him move all game or all, all season so far. So kudos to Mullins for getting involved a lot more. But again, same problem. And I, I criticized Schaffelberg pretty heavily for it. But, you know, 80-something minute and he – Mullins finds himself in a dangerous position and just whips the ball into the keeper's hands. What are you doing? Like cut it back. And you, you look at where your teammates were. Maybe, yeah, they're arriving late cause they're all tired or no, they're, they're, they're just not organized enough, but you just throwing it into the net doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So, you know, it goes back to the fact that, you know, the team is, it feels like they're all trying to do something that's not connected to what the other team is like other teammates are doing which is a lack of organization. So Chris, Armis, please get these boys organized. And whether you're just waiting for your DPs to arrive, um, I, I don't know what to tell you because I don't know the status of the team. I have no idea what the health is of the rest of the team. Um, it sounds like now there's this, you know, COVID hangover everyone's having from their vaccine. So it, the, the news filters out to, to Ben and I through, you know, it seems like Twitter and Christian Jack or it's, it's Brad or president sending me messages I, I think we're kind of blind in assuming when this team comes back and when it's healthy. But as much as we say it's still preseason, tranquilo, be calm. We face a very difficult run through May against you know top teams in this league in our division. And if we come out of May without a win, say goodbye to our season. Yeah, and it, it's tough to think of it like that. But I, I certainly think it might be onto something when when you bring that up. We've got. Uh, quite a few games in the month of May. I believe it's a total of seven outside of this one tonight. Uh, two of those against the crew. We've got the New York Red Bulls coming up this weekend on Saturday. We've got one against Orlando City. I believe one against New York City. Uh, I might be missing one or two in there, but certainly uh, Don't not. forget the MLS champions, Columbus. Columbus twice, yeah, like I said. Yeah. Oh, you said yeah. that. Oh, crew, right. Yes. Sorry, Columbus crew. Apologies. Yeah. 
it's late yeah, no problem <laughs> uh, hey no not i don't blame you whatsoever and it's not like the not like the reds gave us much to stay up for tonight um and we won't get too much into it because it's certainly something we could talk about this coming weekend on a on a full episode and we both want to go to bed but that injury um point you made it's i don't know what to say at this point it's we the first match of the season we we see this lineup it's like what's wrong with everybody why is everybody hurt the only one we really knew about was Pozuelo and we didn't know until the night before and it's it's just an ongoing game at this point and all the information we're getting is is from the guys from Wake in the Red or it's from Christian Jack or it's something one of our members puts out you know none of it's coming directly from the club and we've seen it in the past history since we've had these big designated players signings coming in. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't really start noticing it until Jermaine Defoe was around, but I don't think it's a coincidence that all of these big players go elsewhere for treatment when they're in need of, you know, when they're injured or, or need some type of medical work done, because, I think there has to be something up with our medical team at this point. Uh, it's really tough to go digging that deep and, and to point fingers, but it's just, it's bad. It's really bad to, you know, not play game, a game since uh, mid November, early November. And you have a, I don't even know what to compare the injury list to just this, this long report card, like list of guys injured when you haven't played a game in, you know, four, five, six months. And you don't know if it's from training and adjusting to the new regiment or if it's personal workouts or what you don't know. You don't know, and we don't know anything. Nobody tells us shit. It's frustrating. It's all speculation, and, and the frustrating thing is not of understanding course. you know, what what's going on and, and why it's a, a common occurrence to have these types of injuries to you know, these players. Whether, whether we look at you know, the style of players we're buying, whether we're doing the background check to make sure they're you know, these, these healthy bodies, or you know, we have these um, archetypical players who – are, are susceptible to these types of injuries in a league that is run in Very a way physical. that, you know, forces it. Right. So Very physical. we, you know, all we can do here is guess, you know, this is, this is half our jobs are, are, are guessing. So, you know, we, we'd love to know more. We'd love to have more insight. We're, we're already feeling a, a distance from the team um, geographically um, even more. So being in a city and I think in a country that doesn't cover, you know, soccer very well. Um, but I could probably tell you how many cavities, you know, Austin Matthews has had, but you know, this is, this is the, the, the this is the style of news coverage we, we live in. So it's not about that for me. It's just, it's time that we get more transparency and understand a bit more about our players, but. Again. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot of this is coming from just general frustration here early on with the way things have started. Um, hopefully, you know, light at the end of the tunnel maybe this us being eliminated early in this competition is a blessing in disguise for how we're about to carry out our business in uh, mls play 
let's say great experience for the youth, great experience for the team. You know, like I said, if we look at this as preseason for us, it's been a great learning experience, but you know, you'd hope you'd pulled some confidence from it. And that, you know, Leon, you know, series did well for us. This one, I think was a sobering fact that, you know, we're, we're not at our best at the moment. So, you know, yeah. this is what we've got to learn from and Armis has to get them organized. This is all I ask. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Toronto FC falls to Cruz's rule 1-0 tonight. They lose 4-1 on aggregate in the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal, ending their run in the CONCACAF Champions League for 2021. We've got the New York Red Bulls in MLS League play this weekend, Saturday at 1 p.m. Me and Cam will have a rundown of that come this weekend as well. Maybe keep an eye out for a special guest. Exciting times ahead, regardless of the uh, disappointing result tonight, for sure. Uh, For myself, Ben McClellan, for Cam Millar, continue to stay locked in on the Red Patch Boys forums, social media, see what's going on with our team being away, how you can support virtually. But we'll be back this weekend for another episode. Toronto FC plays the New York Red Bulls Saturday, 1 p.m. And as always... You've been listening to the official Red Patch Boys podcast. Come on, you Reds.